0: If I'm putting out this negative energy, it like comes back around to bite me in the ass to be like, this is why you don't do it. I have let go of the perfectionist in me pretty intensely. It's honestly remarkable when I reflect back and even some of my friends to observe, they're like, you are a different human. If you look at everything as like a bucket, so whether it's your marriage or your relationship with your partner, if you have one, your friendships, your work, your time with your children, etc. Think about making sure that just none of them are empty.
1: My name's Mimi Bouchard, founder of Superhuman, the transformational app that helps you become your future self so that you can finally start attracting more joy, abundance, health, wealth, and love into your life. And that's also my mission on this podcast. Meet people whose lives have been transformed in big and small ways, but always for the better. They tell me how they did it so that you can too. Cameron, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you today. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I love, I know we're doing a swap, but I love being on the guest side of things. It's just so much easier. Like you just get to sit back, hang out and talk. It is easier.
1: I feel the same. Even though you're talking more, it just requires so much less mental effort. So... I'm glad. I'm excited to be guesting on yours in an hour. So your journey from Wall Street to wellness is quite fascinating. Can you share what inspired this significant shift and how it shaped your perspective on mental health, wellness, and personal
0: development? Absolutely. So I started in sales and trading, right out of college. So I was 21 and I had interned for two years there at the firm that I ended up working at full time. And when I started full time, I was like, this is the job for me. This fits all of my like characteristics, my traits. I thrive here. You know, it's a hyper fast paced, competitive, intense team-oriented mentality. And I equated a lot to sports, which I played my entire life and then through college at a D1 level. And so I do feel like that environment really does cater to athletes. And I was loving it because it was fun for me. But I also now I'm able to realize that like it brought out some of my not-so-great tendencies. And it kind of like turned the dial up on all of the things that maybe I struggled with, but wasn't as aware at the time. And so the road to wellness kind of started around, I guess like two to three years after I was there. So early 20s, I was having really bad digestive health issues and I just could not get to the bottom of it. I was seeing every doctor, every gastro, every functional medicine practitioner, like really trying to figure out what was happening because it was pretty debilitating. And I hit this point where I just remember it was impacting my breath, especially at night. And we were at a wedding and I was trying to call across the room to my husband and I like didn't have the breath to do it. And I was like, okay, something is wrong. And I then was seeing functional medicine practitioners and going on all of these different like routines and medications and all of these things. And one of the things that they really wanted me to do was an elimination diet. And I say this because the intention was so good. It was very well-intended. Like I was just trying to get to the bottom of what was happening in my body and feel better. But the impact was that I became hyper obsessive over every ingredient that was being put into my body. And simultaneously, I was also obsessing from a workout standpoint, because this was the first time that I was now responsible for like exercising on my own. I had quote unquote worked out my entire life, but never by myself. Like it was just practice or a game or a lift or things like that. And as a competitive person, it was this easy avenue for me to become obsessed with. So because I was dealing with all these digestive health issues and I was on these elimination diets, I started exploring more in the kitchen and cooking for myself. And when that happened, I was like, oh, I'll just Start an Instagram account to like share these recipes, but it was kind of the age of food porn and like wellness influencers. It was maybe seven years ago now, which seems so long ago, but I never in a million years thought that it would turn into what it has today. I didn't tell anyone about it. My face was never on it. Like it was very, very food focused. You would have no idea who I was. And the more I started putting time and effort into it, the more I realized how much I loved it and how much I didn't love aspects of my job. And so for me, it became this constant battle of, do I want to pursue this and see if there's more to do? But the reality is I have no time and my ego was very tied up in my job title and my salary and the golden handcuffs of finance are really hard to walk away from. And it wasn't until I had a pretty life altering moment where I was actually hit by a car while I was crossing the street and I suffered from a bad concussion and it was my sixth one and it like really, really rocked me. So I was on disability from work for two months. And during that time, like I simply could not do anything other than think and talk to people and journal and meditate. That's when I started my meditation practice. That's when I really leaned into my journaling practice. And it just became this like, instead of should I, I don't know, what if to how could I not? do this. I'm I'll never be this young again. I'll never have this little amount of responsibility. And so I took a leap of faith and that was now almost 5 years ago, which is wild. And it's changed in so many ways, but that was kind of a very long story of how the road <laughs> led me to this space. That's
1: incredible and I feel like so many of us in the wellness influencer world has some sort of story about being into wellness from an unhealthy perspective and then yes. obviously coming well most of us or some of us have come to a place of peace within ourselves but it definitely can get obsessive and then you think that like you're doing it to be good and to be healthy and then it's masked and I completely resonate because I've been through the same thing yeah that's that's a really interesting journey and I would love to ask you, what are those, quote, bad qualities
0: that you saw bubble up when you were working in Wall Street? So I can be hyper competitive, like to a fault. And I think there's always a nice aspect of competition. Like I think competition can be important, but I grew up in a very competitive setting and like breeding ground for perfectionism. And when I was working there, it was those things that I think were driving me that led me to be successful in that space and have this like great career path ahead of me, but simultaneously be at some of the worst for my mental health. And I'm a overachieving anxious person. So from the outside, you wouldn't necessarily notice how bad my anxiety is because I'm doing all these things and I'm getting accolades and it looks like success, but internally it's a constant anxious spiral that's leading me to those said things. And I don't think I ever had the language or wherewithal or knowledge to really acknowledge that until I got a little older. And reflected back on majority of my childhood and especially my career in sports of like, oh, that's why I was behaving that way. And that's why people were encouraging this behavior, not knowing what was happening internally. And then when that behavior gets encouraged and rewarded internally, you're like, well, I can't stop now. I have to keep doing this so that everyone approves of me and loves me and so that I keep succeeding.
1: Where are you at now with that journey of anxiety and overachieving?
0: Overachieving. I have let go of so much. Like I have let go of the perfectionist in me pretty intensely. It's honestly remarkable when I reflect back and even some of my friends to observe, they're like, you are a different human. Between like the perfectionism type A control behavior that I used to have, I used to be obsessive over like, it just, this is a small example, but if we were going away for a weekend, you know, I'd be the friend that had the completely itemized itinerary with every detail Every second was scheduled and I knew everything and all of that. Like I wanted to control it all. And now I show up places and I'm like, where are we going? What are we doing? Couldn't tell you one freaking thing. And it's so, so wildly different. And I think a lot of that has to do with personal work I've done and growth, but also then having children because you just don't have the mental capacity to care about potentially things that you did at one point. And when it comes to anxiety, I still struggle with my mental health. I'm very open about that, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. But it's very differently rooted than it once was. It's less about what people think of me and if I'm performing or if I'm meeting people's standards and way more focused on the reality of having a child and their well-being and their health and that sort of thing. So it, it feels very different. I feel like a lot changes when you have kids. Like I've
1: heard this from so many people. A lot of these issues that you've once had suddenly don't, they don't you don't have space for them anymore. And you're now taking care of something and putting it before yourself. So That's definitely very interesting. And I want to talk about motherhood a lot in this podcast. But before we move on from this topic, as you were saying, your approach to wellness is very real and relatable and down to earth. Why do you think this resonates so well with your community now? Because you have such an engaged following and it seems like people are soaking this up. Why do you think this?
0: I wish I knew. I think about this a lot and like I can get in my own head about work where I'm like, why the hell would anyone consume my content? I don't know. I think if I take the feedback I get that's positive and it's hard for me to tap into that and I never want to sound like this is why people love me because I'm not everyone's cup of tea and I fully acknowledge that and that's Absolutely fine. Like, there are people that I love that my friends don't love. There are people that my friends love that I don't want to follow. Like, you know, everyone has to figure out who they want to consume in terms of content. But based on the positive feedback I receive, I think it's because when I first started this account, I was very adamant and I promised myself that I will always show up as myself on my platform. Because if I have to create a persona or if I have to set this standard of like, my hair has to be done. My makeup has to be done. The background has to be beautiful. All of these things. I'll never show up. I know me. That's just not my reality. And I get that it works for many people. But for me, that's not how I personally live my life. And so if I set that standard, I would simply never show up on a platform. And therefore, my following would not grow. I would not create the content, etc. So in the beginning, I promised myself like, I will show up as myself and that way I can create content on bad days. I can create content on good days. I can just be myself and I will find people who want to be a part of the community for me, not for someone else. And because of that, I think I've formed really wonderful connections with my community who I reference as the fam, because they do know me. And there is this weird distinction of still setting boundaries around aspects of my life and navigating that, especially as a parent and the feeling of people do know me, but do they really know me? And, and there's a lot of emotion I have around that. But at the end of the day, I'm showing up as myself on this platform. And I think that that has resonated with people because what I also try to remind everyone is that like everyone's going through something. You might not be going through the exact same thing I'm going through, but at the root, we can relate to an emotion that we're both experiencing that may be showing up in different ways and trying to talk more about that aspect of things and validating others' emotions, I think resonates with a lot of people.
1: Absolutely. And I've recently followed you. Obviously, we have booked in this podcast and I started checking you out. And I love your page. And I don't really understand why some people would be polarized by what you post because you post really real stuff and people usually celebrate that. How do you deal with with people that aren't your biggest fan? Why do you think people spend their time on the internet, you know, trying to gossip about people online? Like it obviously just means that you're doing something. But like it was really kind of shocking for me because I didn't, I still didn't understand it, even trying to read it and understand I didn't get it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will say like I at one point looked at those things when it first started and then was in a very depressive spiral. So I have not looked in over a year and I have no interest in looking because first and foremost, I think other people's opinions of you are none of your business. I honestly, it doesn't matter to me. And the other thing is, as long as I am proud of what I'm doing and the people in my life who I know and care about are proud of me, then that's all that matters. Like someone's always going to have an opinion on you, whether it's positive, positive in neutral or negative. If you wouldn't go to that person for advice, then why would you care about their feedback? So if my mom called me and was like, I'm really disappointed in something that you posted, you know, this doesn't seem like you or XYZ, I would of course take that feedback and constructive criticism and have like a very serious thought about it and talk with her or any of my close friends in real life or through work, or even some of my community members who I've had conversations with where like maybe I used a wording that they didn't appreciate and we've had a dialogue over DM. But for me, the thought of going on a forum or somewhere with an anonymous name to like shit on someone, honestly, I just can't like wrap my head around it. My friends and I talk about this sometimes where it's like, there are creators I don't like. Of course, there are creators everyone doesn't like. But to go that many steps is kind of wild to me. And what I've just come at it with is like, you know, I feel badly for these people because I can't imagine being that angry over something that I would waste time over that. And I talk about this actually on On my platform a decent amount of like my transition in terms of my like mental voice where I used to be really, really critical of myself and others and, you know, easily fall into talking shit about people or gossiping or that kind of stuff. And I made a promise to myself, I guess it was like two, three years ago where it was going to stop. Because I'm like, this just is not bringing anything positive to my life. And it's remarkable when you shift that narrative, how much happier and lighter you feel, how much less you care about what other people are doing, and how much more you focus on like the positive things in your life. So the fact that people are spending time, whether it be trolling people in DMs or online or whatever, I truly, my heart hurts for them because I wish that they understood that like they don't need to feel that anger And the comical thing is like, no one's forcing you to consume any of this content. If you don't like someone, you simply don't follow them. So that's kind of where I stand. I mean, not everyone's going to like me. And that's kind of the bottom line.
1: Yeah. And- Honestly, when you were just saying that, I was thinking about myself and when I've spoken badly about other people or gossiped or been wanting to learn more about this thing that happened or it's always when I'm not in a good place myself. And I will honestly say like, it's happened. I should talk to people. I have gossiped. But when I'm doing it, I've already been like in this state beforehand of like not feeling good about myself. I never do that if I'm feeling amazing about myself, about my
0: life I just don't even allow myself to partake
1: in conversations like that.
0: Because when you're happy, you're not thinking like negative things about other people. I also notice when this is something I've personally been working on where social media is confusing in general as a consumer and then even more confusing, I think, as a creator because you're consuming content and it's easy to compare your life, but then you also can compare your work. So it's very intertwined. And for me, I notice that all have like negative emotions towards someone. And then I'm like, wait. That's that's nothing on them. Like they're not doing anything wrong. That's me feeling jealous or insecure or upset over something that's happening in my life and using them as a mirror and reflecting it back on me. And so I noticed that a lot personally. And I think that that has helped me be on the other side of like maybe my content is triggering something that's happening in your life and that's why you don't like it and I understand you don't have to consume it and i think because i've experienced it as a consumer of like oh i don't like this girl and then i'm like wait it's not her it's the fact that i'm jealous she got xyz or whatever it's allowed me freedom on the flip side to be like it, it mainly it's all on the consumer unless there's like some wild thing that creator is doing etc but like mainly it's on us as consumers to reflect on like, why is this upsetting me potentially? And like, what's happening in my life that's triggering this?
1: Honestly, Cameron, I can't even tell you how much I resonate with this. About a year or so ago, I unfollowed everyone that I wasn't completely obsessed with and fully supporting. There were influencers that I followed just to keep tabs on because I like, you know, knew of them for years. And, but I always had this kind of like, Snickery feeling when I'd see their post. I'm like, what am I doing? There's something inside of me that's obviously triggered about something about them, even if I'm just like, you know, making fun of them in my like obviously this is the worst parts of me, but everyone does it at some point. And I just had to unfollow everyone that I wasn't completely a supporter of because it just put me in this negative state that I can't even recognize right now being in a happier state in my life. So it's just not healthy to even follow these people. Why are they keeping tabs on, you know, why is anyone keeping tabs on any influencer that they don't like? It's so unhealthy and it just got to remove yourself.
0: It's so unhealthy. And I've been there. So like I can understand. I also think this is something I catch now that I've really made an effort to stop talking shit and gossiping and all of that is that when I do say something now, only do I feel really gross, like personally, it feels so icky to me now, which is a great realization because I'm like, oh, this is why I don't want to do it. And like, hey, earth to cam, you're doing it. But I I don't know what the wording is because it's not like I'm like, oh, I believe in the universe, la la la. But like, I swear to God, whenever I actively talk shit, it comes back to bite me in the ass on the other side. We're like, The next day I get a really mean DM and they're not intertwined at all. Like it's completely separate, but I do feel like if I'm putting out this negative energy, it like comes back around to bite me in the ass to be like, this is why you don't do it.
1: Girl, you're preaching to the choir right now. I don't know if you know what I do for a living. You literally attract the energy that you give out. It was happening to me this morning. I didn't do my morning meditation. I was feeling off. My new puppy was driving me absolutely bonkers. I was in this kind of like negative, I'm in full puppy blues right now. Like, I'm surviving. (laughs) I have
0: a whole podcast episode on it because it is so hard.
1: Wait, I'm going to go listen to it. Okay. Definitely needed. And yeah, like, I was just, like, in this kind of, like, bunk. And all these things were happening. Like, I tripped. Like, my dog was just going even more crazy. It was like my energy was giving it off. So then I forced myself to listen to, like, five back-to-back pep talks on my app. And I just snapped out of it, thankfully. But... It's bad things happen, like you trip or you fall or you spill your coffee on your shirt or like something bad always happens when you're in that state. It's because of your energy, like you're just exuding it and like attracts like. You're going to attract what you exude. So I couldn't agree more with you. All right, so I'm sitting here drinking this superfood blend raspberry lemonade tasting drink that I can't not tell you about. This is my new favorite diehard product from Organifi. I have had an obsession with it for about three weeks now, and I'm having it every single afternoon as a little afternoon pick-me-up. This is the Glow Drink from Organifi. It is a plant-based natural collagen support, and it is all about skin health. It's low sugar. It's made with some incredible organic ingredients, including tremella mushroom, rosehip, aloe vera, bamboo silica, pomegranate, baobab, fruit, coconut water, lemon, raspberry, there are only good ingredients in this. It tastes so good. So I'm currently drinking it and listen for some ASMR. (laughs) I don't know if that actually sounds good, but I'm currently drinking it in my glass cup with a glass straw and a ton of ice and it just tastes so freaking good. And it's just something I look forward to every afternoon now. And most importantly, I've actually started seeing a difference with my skin. I've been really focusing on skin health over the past few months, and I can't even tell you how much this has helped my skin feels so much more even. My complexion simply feels more balanced, and I run quite red, so that's a huge perk. Anyway, if you guys want to try out this product, you can get 20% off your entire order at Organifi if you head to Organifi.com Mimi, that is Organifi, spell O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash Mimi and use code Mimi to get 20% off your entire order, including sale items, including my favorite vegan vanilla protein powder, including my daily morning greens powder that I have with cold water and lemon juice. And everything from Organifi is honestly vetted to be such high quality ingredients. This brand knows what they're doing. So go check it out.
0: This is something I honestly struggled with during pregnancy, just personally. Like, I really mentally struggle during my pregnancy. And, you know, speaking of haters and trolls and all of that, like, I do think that that's something that people either really resonate with my content with, so that maybe is polarizing, or people really hate where I speak my reality of pregnancy, of not enjoying it. Wait,
1: before you continue,
0: Cameron, this is what I was confused about. People are like, oh,
1: well, she doesn't like pregnancy. I'm like, what? Everyone, like most women don't like pregnancy. It's a normal thing to talk about. Like, how is this polarizing? I would hope to
0: think that the people on these threads are not pregnant and parents, who knows? I would hope to think that like people with children do not have time for this and are like trying to better themselves for their children. But- Maybe that's why and they just like haven't experienced it. I don't know. But when I speak about the reality of my reality of pregnancy, I realize that it can not resonate with some people and that's fine. But for me during pregnancy, my mental health is shit and I really, really struggle, especially in the beginning. I feel like all I'm doing, no matter how hard I try, is I feel badly and I am exuding negative energy or I'm just not in flow state. And I feel such a change and shift in my work of opportunities that are coming to me because I feel just so bland and like I'm in a rut. And it's so eye-opening for me because I'm aware that when I'm putting positive things out there, positive things come to me and I know that flow state. I know that feeling of like, oh my God, this is so exciting. I'm creating, I'm driven, I'm really passionate about my work. And I don't feel any of those things, especially the first like 20 weeks of pregnancy. I've only recently had like a little shift. And during that beginning period, when I don't feel that way, it's such an impact on my work because I'm like, of, of course things aren't coming to me because I'm just not in a state to accept them. And it's hard to get out of that when you acknowledge it. And you realize, but you're still like, I still feel like shit and there's not much I can do.
1: So has there been any amazing resources or things that you've done that makes you feel better? Because obviously, you know, there are so many hormonal imbalances going on. There's just so much with your body, but on some level, everyone could relate to feeling crappy. So is there anything that anyone can do when they're feeling like this to
0: get themselves back to feeling better? I mean, pregnancy is really tough because you can know all of these things and still physically like I wish with every fiber of my being that there was some pill to help with morning sickness and Mm. first trimester symptoms, but there isn't. And so like for me, I'm a huge morning routine person. I I have been for like majority of the past 10 years. And that was one thing that was really hard for me because in the beginning of your pregnancy, you truly feel like you were living under a concrete blanket where there is never enough sleep. Someone said that it's like trying to pour water, filling a bowl that's a colander with water because you, no matter how much you pour in, it just comes out. Like You never feel rested. So it was this catch 22 of, I can't get out of bed. I want to sleep as much as physically possible. And like, I'm supposed to be resting as much as I can. And that's what feels good in the moment. But then I'm also waking up right when my son wakes up, I'm having no time to myself. And I'm starting my days anxious and depressed. And so it's this weird configuration of like, well, what is the middle ground? And I hate to say this, but honestly, it's time when it comes specifically to pregnancy, like you just have to give yourself grace and surrender a bit and wait because it does... Get a little better once you turn that corner. For me, it's around like 16, 18 weeks. And once I did turn that corner of feeling a little bit more energized, I dove back into my morning routine and like like a flip of a switch within a few days, I noticed a huge mental shift. And that's obvious for me, but also going back, like I couldn't have done that in the beginning of my pregnancy. That just wasn't my reality. So sometimes you do have to just give yourself grace and find maybe little things that work, like squeezing in a five-minute meditation at another point in the day. But I think once I was able to get back on like a bit of my routine and feel a bit more like myself, that was incredibly helpful for my mental health. I'm also on antidepressants and I did increase my dosage during my pregnancy, which also very much helped. And having people, whether you're in pregnancy, postpartum or not, that are in the similar stage of life as you, that you can fully share your thoughts and emotions with, and they can be there to validate those emotions. They're not gonna judge you. They're not gonna tell you like, oh, suck it up. You have X, Y, Z. They'll be there to really listen and support you is so wildly important. And I feel so blessed to have those people in my life.
1: How has this pregnancy been different from your first? And have you learned anything about yourself through the process of the second one as opposed to the
0: first one? Yeah, my first was way more anxiety-driven. And this one was more depressive. And the biggest thing I hate that people can say is just wait because it's so invalidating of the person's emotions that they're experiencing. And I remember if I said anything about not enjoying pregnancy, some people would be like, oh, just wait until you have to be pregnant with a toddler or just wait, whatever. And sometimes they're not wrong. Obviously, being pregnant with a toddler is harder than being pregnant without any kids. There's no denying that. But I don't think I realized how much different it would be. So that was – definitely. definitely just the biggest difference is I'm chasing around a toddler versus being able to like rest when i'm want to but mentally the first one was very anxiety driven i think because there's so much unknown and yes there's still a lot of unknowns with this pregnancy because you never know how the labor and delivery is going to go you never know like what your child's personality is going to be etc but i know the other side i know how to feed a baby whether it's through breast or bottle i know how to try to get a baby to sleep i know that one day i will sleep again like i know Schedules and all of those things. So it doesn't seem so entirely foreign and like what the hell is about to happen. And that I think was driving a lot of my anxiety the first pregnancy. So with this one, it's less anxious, but mentally, I definitely was in a depressive funk for the first half of this pregnancy. And I think a lot of that ties into we also moved out of the city into a new area and I got pregnant three weeks after. So I didn't have my community. I hadn't really like found my footing and then to feel as physically shitty as I did. You're just kind of like hibernating as much as possible. And I feel like once I came out of that, it was wonderful. And, you know, I am in like this stage where physically I'm in a lot of pain, but mentally I feel great and I'll take that any day. And then just physically the difference is like the first pregnancy, I felt like I was driving a new car and this one just feels incredibly used. Like pains that maybe appeared in the last week of my first pregnancy came around like week 30 with this one. So it's been a lot of like pain management navigation.
1: And I'd love to know about your postpartum journey. Is it pregnancy that's harder or is postpartum harder?
0: Oh gosh. Pregnancy is definitely physically harder for me. That's coming from someone who had like a easy vaginal delivery. I know that that's not the case for everyone, but pregnancy physically is difficult. And the sleep, some people may disagree with this. This is my personal take. I sleep better postpartum than I do pregnant because yes, it's more sporadic and like you're waking up to with a newborn and all of those things. But when you actually sleep, you do get Arrest. It just feels different. I can't explain it. So I think mentally it feels very different where I'm very curious what this second postpartum experience will be like for me, because for me, the first postpartum experience, one of the biggest struggles I had was the identity shift and this feeling of who am I? Because suddenly I have all of these responsibilities and my life looks Completely different. It was also very much during COVID and a very different, just life experience that like no one knew how to navigate, especially a first time mom. And there was a lot of fear and anxiety underlying every interaction with anyone. So I'll be curious how this one is because the reality is, you know, no matter what, you're sleep deprived. there are a lot of hormonal changes and there's a lot going on. But I think for me, I'm hoping this one will be easier given that I'm already in the stage of life of being a mom. I already love being a mom so much. It's so intertwined in my identity. It's something that I feel so blessed and grateful to have. And I think once you've kind of adjusted to the mindset of like your life does kind of revolve a little bit around like feeding and diapers and naps and all of that, it's just like, okay, we're just going to add another one in. But we'll see. Obviously, you never know until you experience it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm excited for that time in my life in the next handful of years. So do you have any tips for new moms on how to balance everything, a relationship, children, a completely new identity, a changing body? What's kind of your pep talk slash tips for any new mom that's like
0: in survival mode? Well, I think it's bullshit to ever believe or assume that like we're going to have it all figured out at once. There's always going to be a small, hopefully small part or piece of the pie that could use more attention. It's never going to be perfectly evenly distributed. And once I think you let go of that, it's helpful because the concept of balance is fine to look at it from like an actual balancing act and figuring out where you wanna spend your time, but it's never going to be perfect. And that was something I definitely struggled with when returning back to work. I think my biggest tips for new moms would be, A, like give yourself grace because it's such a learning experience and you're not gonna have it all figured out. B, like really heavily rely on your community and find that community. People going through a shared experience is so important, especially during this time of life. Having a friend that you can text and be like, what did you do for XYZ? When did you start this? When did you start that? You know, my baby's doing whatever. Did yours do this? Just that type of talk is important, but also just the ability to vent and be like, oh my God, I feel X, Y, Z. And have someone that has gone through that experience or is going through it that can relate is really important. And in terms of managing all of the things in your life, I kind of, I, I remember my mom told me this once and I forget where she heard it from, but if you look at everything as like a bucket, so whether it's your marriage or your relationship with your partner, if you have one, your friendships, your work, your time with your children, et cetera. Think about making sure that just none of them are empty. Some are going to be filled with more water than others. Some days are going to look different. But trying to make sure that none of them are completely empty is the way that I feel that quote unquote sense of balance. And also most importantly, while we're on like that analogy, you cannot fill from an empty cup. You really cannot. I tried. It does not work. And so you have to make time for yourself. And especially as a first time mom in postpartum, it is so easy to get swept up in everything that you feel you have to be doing and try to take on everything and really just give yourself over. And yes, there are periods of time where like, that's just the reality. You have to, the child does come first in certain things, but finding little ways that you can set yourself up so that you fill up your cup before you're doing these things. For me, that's my morning. That is why I wake up an hour before my child. I need the silence. I need the time to myself. That is what makes me the best mom. And it might be different for you, but figuring out what those little things are that help you show up as the best version of yourself are so important.
1: Mm-hmm. I actually recently went for dinner with my mom. She was in London and we were having a deep conversation and I asked her, what's your biggest regret from when we were kids? And she said, not doing anything for myself, completely letting myself go. And, and it's yeah. so easy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's praised almost because it's like, I'm putting my children before me all the time at all times. And she says that if she, you know, it was a a really sweet conversation and just so insightful. She said, if she had given herself a bit more and had Put herself first a little bit more, she would have been a better example to us. She would have, you know, felt a lot better in herself and therefore maybe reacted differently and certain things like that. But you're so right. You can't fill from an empty cup. It's a saying for a reason. And yeah, so important to remember. So Cameron, I'd love to move over to our quick fire question round. What is your favorite self-care
0: practice? My mornings, like waking up and having time to myself. What do you do during that time? I wake up, I meditate, and then I journal for a bit. I just free write kind of whatever is coming to my mind. And then non-pregnant, I typically work out during that time. Pregnant, I sit on the couch and read and just drink my coffee in peace. Beautiful.
1: What's the most valuable lesson you learned from Wall Street?
0: Oh, gosh. From Wall Street. This is like I've never been asked that and now I'm really – trying to think hard on it. I would say I don't I don't know if it's necessarily applicable, but I learned it while I was there is to make sure that you know how to hold your ground mm-hmm. and not just like agree with things and kind of follow a crowd. Like if something is not right, hold your ground and speak up. Love that.
1: What's your top book recommendation for personal growth?
0: Okay. For personal growth, I wish I was more of like a personal growth reader. I really do. Like I'll listen to some books and then I kind of forget what they are. But for me, one of the biggest ones that I really think changed a lot in my life is Quit Like a Woman around drinking. Because I stopped drinking like now a year and a half ago, I think it was. And that book just put a lot in perspective for me.
1: Love that. That's great. What's a wellness trend you think is overrated?
0: This is vague, but I think any trend that people are telling you works for everyone. Mm, That's really good. Because that's not reality. Yeah. Like, even me saying my morning routine, not everyone's a morning person. It's not going to work for everyone. So I think any trend that's being pitched as like, everyone has to do this is overrated.
1: What's the best advice you've ever received?
0: In this time of my life, it's other people's opinions are none of your business. Other people's opinions about you are none of your business.
1: What is something new that you've learned recently?
0: For me, I think it's that you can change. You can shift. You know, it's like you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I disagree. I think you can work on things and adapt and change and shift. And I say that because I'm like typically and inherently a very impatient person and I am so proud of my patience with my child. It's the thing I'm most proud of. And if you had told me that a few years ago, I would have laughed in your face (laughs) if you said I was a patient parent. But I think you can shift and change and adapt.
1: Beautiful. And my last question for you, Can I ask most guests this? I love to talk about the future self, the ultimate self, the version of you that you want to be. Cameron, 10 years from now, if everything goes right in your life and you are creating your dream life more and more, what is she like? Who is she as a person? What is she where? Where does she live? Describe her to
0: me. I love this. I am really obsessed with our home and our neighborhood and just everything that we've built so far. So I would love to still be here. I. We would have a healthy family with our children who would be grown which makes me want to hysterically cry i guess 12 and 10 at that time and I would hope that we have taught them how to be kind and caring and passionate people who are loving and curious and brave and follow their own interests. And I would be very involved in their lives and take on a large role of parenting in that avenue of, you know, supporting them in whatever their interests are, whether it be sports, music, arts, et cetera, being involved in that space. I would be doing weekly hands-on charitable work. And I would have my business that allows me to have space for myself and creativity and ownership over things and financial gain But it would not run my life
1: Beautiful Well thank you so much Cameron for coming on Where can everyone find you?
0: On Instagram and TikTok It's at Cameron Oaks Rogers And then you can listen to my podcast Which releases a new episode every Wednesday It's called Freckled Foodie and Friends And Mimi will be a guest I don't know which episode will release first But you can come listen to her episode And then check out all the other ones Amazing Well thank you so much Thank you
1: That is all the time we have. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to follow, subscribe, or leave a rating. This really helps the show and it helps us bring you more of the conversations that you crave. Bye for now.